You're listening to Radio Lounge, the show where we bring you value talking to creative entrepreneurs about topics that matter to you the most. This podcast was recorded in front of a live audience at Lounge 4284, the space for web content creators and creative people. So I'm Stephanie Erickson. My background is I'm a clinical social worker, actually. I'm from California. Why do I live in this freezing environment, you ask? Met a guy. That's enough to say. <laughs> now I'm here with family and such. I have a clinical practice uh, specializing in dementia. But in the last three years, I've been um, changing my career and moving into media. So I'm a regular on breakfast television here in Montreal every month as a family caregiving expert. She needs that word expert, Jennifer, but I'm using it <laughs> as a brand. Uh, and, I, and I also have a web series where I conduct my own interviews. I've actually interviewed Nelly before. I've interviewed Samantha before. Um, and my goal is to have my own TV show. I have two young kids at home. I have a puppy. I have a dog. I have like four jobs. So I know a lot about managing and burning out. And I think that's why Patrick asked me to host the panel. Let me introduce Patrick. the panelists. So first here we have uh, Marjorie Jacin. She's the owner and co-founder of uh, Grand Activity, which is a company specializing in marketing and branding. She describes her work, I love this, as the extra sugar that an entrepreneur needs to get on the grind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Uh, she understands the importance of working hard and taking care of yourself, and she uses all of these experiences to empower others. Was fortunate enough to have a conversation with all three panelists, mm. and we did talk about burning out, which is what we're talking about today. But not burning out, how not to burn out. Not <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Marjorie and I got to know each other online, and she used a term once called "grind responsibly," which I just yeah, which I absolutely love. And I think it's really important as we're all building our business to also remember that we're human beings with lives, and we have to manage that as well. So Marjorie will share her story. And just to ask you to get to know you a bit more, mm-hmm. tell me a bit about yourself, but I also want you, Marjorie, to tell me uh, if you could have a conversation with anyone, anyone, who would it be and why? Oh, wow. That's a big question. Yeah. Um, perhaps that I'm going to, well, I'm going to start to answer your, I'm going to introduce myself yes. and then I'm going to think in the, at the same time to who would I speak to, because that's a big question. Um, so indeed, a girl from Montreal. I just love life. I'm a runner uh, as well. Uh, My specialty, I'm a branding uh, specialist and marketer as well. And I've been teaching uh, as well through Grand Atelier. And um, I just enjoy uh, empowering others as this is really something that I live for, uh, you know, to make sure that I, you know, help people to, uh, to, to inspire them to do. And in terms of who would I speak to, anybody, dead or alive, anyone, Oh my gosh! Um, I can come back to you if you want to think about it for a minute. I can come back to you. It would perhaps be a little bit odd, but I would love to speak to Ella Fitzgerald. I love music. Amazing. I love jazz, oh. and um, it's just I love uh, you know th- that time and um, also like speaking about the, the behind the scene of her music and, and whatnot. This is something that I would really enjoy mm-hmm. speaking to Ella. Yeah, right. love it. Okay, so next we have mm-hmm. Nally Augustine, and uh, she is a driver. <laughs> so she has been, not that you would know by looking at her, because you wouldn't. This is what's amazing about her. She's been living with cancer since 2013, mm-hmm. this woman. And she's been using her experience to inform and inspire others. 
She's been documenting her journey with cancer and all of the ups and downs on her YouTube channel, which, by the way, has over 18,000 subscribers. She's also done the Nally Show, which is amazing. I don't know if you guys saw it last year. She's hopefully going to relaunch it. Uh, and she's using her platform to really empower others to take control of their lives and their health and their well-being. So, Nally, please add to that and also answer who you would speak. My gosh. It's so intimate. I love it. Um, yeah, she wasn't lying. I've been, I am living with cancer at the moment. I was diagnosed with breast cancer when I was 24 um, in 2013. So I documented through vlogging, because I know there's a bunch of vloggers here too. Um, it was just felt natural to me to want to whip out a camera the day I received the call when um, the doctors told me, you have cancer, and I just needed to let it all out, and that's what I did with my iPhone, and that was the first vlog. And then it, the, it was an overwhelming response of just not only support, but um, receiving emails from other young women who were like, oh my god, I thought I was alone, and I didn't think I could get cancer at 20-something too, breast cancer in particular, because it's known to be like an older woman's disease. So I continued documenting the story, just living life and living my dreams and, you know, advocating and living the normal 20-something-year-old life because I wanted to prove to others that despite an illness, you can still be happy and healthy. And so um, I did that. I did it up until I was in remission. And then I continued advocating and I launched the Nally Show because I wanted to tell other people's stories because everybody has a story. I'm guarantee that each and every one of you here has a story so I used my platform to then share other people's stories and then unfortunately I had a recurrence um, in 2017 last January and that's where it was again another decision do I continue sharing or do I take this time to hide and retreat because at this point it spread to the lungs and that's where I'm currently living right now with it in the lungs thankfully everything is stable but um, yeah, that was the big decision to make. It's like, do I still do this or do I, I, I wanted to just crawl into a hole and like hide because I was portraying the, uh, what you call the pinnacle of hope and everyone saw me as like the survivor. And I felt like, you know, it was like humiliating almost at a point where it's like, I felt like I was disappointing my followers and my viewers because I was advocating about, you know, beating this disease and being healthy and then suddenly it's back and then I realized that it's not really it wasn't necessarily the cancer story but the, the decisions I made around it and how I lived my life and the whys behind why I was trying to help others and that was really it it was to help others and empower people to live life to the fullest no matter what they're going through and so now I am kind of still sharing the healing journey I did I think I'm on this panel because I announced um, last like this whole summer I decided to go on a hiatus where I left to Costa Rica uh, for two weeks, turned off my phone, um, which is really something for me because uh, I'm very active on social media. Like I said, I'm just someone who loves sharing my life and everything I'm doing just to inspire others. And um, I shut everything off. And when I came back, I took a step back. I didn't do any speaking engagements because that's something I do a lot. I do a lot of talks, I do a lot of contract work, and I did not work at all the entire summer. And uh, yeah, in doing so, I got to recharge, but we'll talk about that yeah. later. And that's me in a nutshell. I mean... And who would you speak with? 
if I a lot of people know following me um, I my dream is to be on Ellen DeGeneres' yeah. couch mm-hmm. I want to meet her I want to be on her couch because everything she does is what I want to do she's just so lighthearted and yeah. she helps so many people without really doing much right she's just herself and I think effortlessly exactly and I feel like that's the the goal and I feel like with where we're at in this generation we can be ourselves completely Mm. unapologetically authentically ourselves and help so many people you don't have to play a role you don't have to be an actor or a celebrity you can just be you and help people and Ellen does that every day but my ultimate ultimate queen is Oprah mm-hmm. <laughs> living yeah. legend yeah. living legend yeah. exactly yeah. yeah I feel like those are like the queens of like yeah. the Seriously. talk show yeah. world for Ellen actually filled in the, the form for me I did I, yeah I did I did I love oh. you <laughs> thank you <laughs> one day one day yeah. yes okay. thanks uh, Nally okay so Patrick We've got, oh, where am I? Here. So Patrick Perky was one of the first to launch a YouTube channel back in 2010, when I didn't even know if there was YouTube. <laughs> but he says that his real start began in 2013 with LGBTQ and boyfriend tag. He's been an advocate for this community since that time. His channel, 347,000 followers. Wow. Holy mm. cow. And it features little nuggets from his personal life, <laughs> as well as makeup and fashion and lifestyle. So, Patrick, add to that, please. And then also, who would, who would you have a conversation so, with? So, yeah, I mean, with being on YouTube for so long, 10 years, and starting when I was 13, I obviously have grown a lot and gone through a lot personally. And as, you know, an everyday person going through high school and college and then having, like, a, a normal 9-to-5 job and then keeping up with my social media of course like my interests and and things that I prioritize have changed a lot throughout there so the beauty and fashion side is uh, recently of you know finally breaking away from being known for one thing and and you mentioned the boyfriend tag that's kind of what got my channel um, to where it is so in 2013 um, I was seeing all these uh, all these beauty gurus and they're hot boyfriends and doing boyfriend tags and I was like you know I've never seen like a LGBT boyfriend tag and I feel like that's something that we need and Mm -hmm. back in 2013 like it seems so weird to say it now like that was very unheard of for those times everyone was very reserved and it was just starting to break out into mainstream media and it's still making its way so I decided why not to do it why not like I didn't really think much of it and uh, within like two weeks it had like seven million views or something like that it just wow. blew crazy. up crazy. and awesome. yeah my channel gained like 200,000 subscribers like within a month and that was you know right when I was going into college and I was so confused I didn't I didn't know what this was I didn't know why it was happening to me and I didn't I just didn't know what to do with it and uh, it kind of scared me to be honest I I got all this attention and all these people looking up to me and saying how much of it was an inspiration and I, you know, changed their lives and I, they came out because of me and, which is great to hear and, but it was also very scary. It was a lot of pressure to put on, um, someone who's still figuring out themselves and, and, um, so I kind of continued, um, 
through college, I focused on my schooling instead of social media, and I kind of flip-flop back and forth between it, and I really didn't know what side I wanted to be on. I didn't know if I want to have that everyday normal kind of nine-to-five thing, or if I wanted to be on social media and do that. So I, I found a happy balance between the two, and that's kind of where I am right nice, now. Nice. Yeah. Add your conversation with... Um, I really look up to Shane Dawson. He's somebody who's been on the platform for such a long time, and he's evolved his channel in so many ways. Like mine, it's changed so much for the, the 10 years, so I would love to have a conversation with him, pick his brain, and see what he thinks about the whole platform as a whole and mm -hmm. dive into my channel and what he thinks about that. Mm -hmm. So I'd like to talk about, and people can certainly, you know, jump in or whatever if you, if you want to participate, but I'll just take the lead, but let me know if you have something that you want to say or share along the lines. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I have a question for you. Yeah. Um, what do you think um, helped with the amount of views that you got on that video? Like, boyfriend time was trending, but is there, like, specific things from the video that you think so it's funny because so I work and I do uh, optimization on some of the top, top channels on YouTube and th there's such like a science behind it of like you have to have the specific tags and your description has to look like this but on that video I didn't do any of that like oh, wow. I, I did nothing I, I didn't even know about that I didn't know about tags I didn't know your description had to have certain keywords I just put boyfriend tag put my social media and that's it like okay. so the fact that it went the way it did it was just word of mouth it got like it appeared in like searchability and and recommended videos and that's basically how that went yeah. okay. I like that I, I love that about <laughs> you and about this whole situation because it just reiterates and reminds us that we're constantly being told how things should be done, that there are rules and ways to get followers and mm -hmm. comments and this and the other. Yeah, we could give uh, some tips on what's working for us, but in the end, just follow your heart, follow your gut, and yeah. do what just feels right for you. Yeah. Uh -huh. Make this video, yeah. and you said, "Fuck everything else." Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> what happened? There really is. And and be real, right? Yeah. And be authentic. Yeah. I story. Yeah, I feel like in everything that I've done, all the videos I've made, all the posts that I've done, the, the ones that I'm like completely... So there's two big gigs that I got. One was my Apple gig. I got a billboard with the iPhone 10, and their whole campaign for the iPhone 10 was they were looking for people who were using a selfie cam in the most authentic way. And I did not reach out to anyone. I got an email. It's an iPhone X campaign. Opened it, and they're like, we really love how you use your 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 cell phone in the way where you take you use you put content that's real and authentic we'd love for you to be part of the iphone x campaign mm -hmm. and i was like okay what do i need to do and all i need to do is they sent me the iphone 10 i had to take selfies using their portrait mode and next thing you know i had a 16 foot billboard up in saint Laurent and in downtown toronto and it was literally just like <coughs> my selfie using the portrait but like that was just me like they mm -hmm. come get people who are just being real and raw and authentic and one of the videos that i made that went viral that had millions 
millions of views was the one that I was dancing to French Montana mm. and like I have hundreds of videos online where I got a makeup artist we got professional lighting oh, we're at a studio and like those just got a couple of thousands of views but the one that I put my phone like this <laughs> you know like that <laughs> like that record and I'm dancing had millions of views got found by French Montana himself wow. his manager called me nice. we're flying you to New York City come do a PR tour with us I did interviews with BuzzFeed complex um, BT the randomest randomest journey but often wow. isn't it how yeah. that happens it's interesting it's yeah. when you're just being yeah. real like we have to stop trying to find like the blueprint mm, exactly. so now success. We, I want to pick up on that yeah this is a really good point and we talked about it right before we started the panel but like this keeping up the, with the Joneses thing right where you have to maybe that's an old term <laughs> that old lady what's the young term for wanting to be keep like you up with the Kardashians <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, this person's doing that, that they're posting like this, and they're doing like this, and I think this is what leads to us eventually maybe hitting burnout if we're going to stay on the topic, which is how to avoid it, is that if we're always thinking we need to be and do like everybody else, there, there's just no, there's no way to, to keep up with it. It's I a never-ending cycle. I, I struggle with it every day, too, in my business, and you guys probably do as well, too, is what are they doing and why aren't... I getting that attention or blah 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 whatever it might be so talk to me a bit about that um, let, Marjorie let mm -hmm. me start with you because I know you need to withdraw and yes. so there's this whole thing of we should be doing this and if I'm not I'm never going to achieve my success how do you balance continuing to try new things and keeping up with all that content but at the same time knowing if I if I do too much I'm going to have a burnout. And Marjorie is like, she said she would talk about it. She has had like Massive real, one. real burnouts where she's, you know, not been well uh, emotionally, right? Yeah, perhaps in my introduction, I did not necessarily dig in into the actual story of what brings me here and why is it that I'm in this battle that is never ending with anxiety and whatnot. Um, it all started in... in uh, a couple years ago, I had two different stories, uh, 2004, 2005, and then 2009, 2013, two burnout um, experiences. The first one, um, I guess I was young, I was in my, my uh, mid-20s, and uh, I recovered, and it was just to a point where, um, you know, I was actually seeing emails like flying in my head while it was not happening and I couldn't put words together and the person that I was actually working with was saying you know what maybe you should just take a day off not uh, you know take your phone and not talk to anyone and we'll talk tomorrow and I think that 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 moment is that that pure moment of rest that I had for one day that's when the shock factor in my body started I said okay you know what I'll rest for two three days but two three days lasted for one month two months and I was an entrepreneur at that time I had a fashion and lifestyle blog called Marjorie's Closet it was doing really well and I could I didn't have any vision any inspiration I couldn't really get myself up I was crying every day and I was hurting but did not know why and my brain was working uh, itself um, so obviously when money doesn't come in because you're self-employed well I had to basically leave all that and go back to the nine to five and I think that that period of just thinking that the emails are coming in and I'm not even in touch with my phone that really um, that, that really hit me really hard 
And I think that to answer your question, bringing myself back to that moment uh, is actually a reminder of why it is so important to add flow to your grind because I am basically a high achiever. I'm a type A. I talk loud. I'm very intense with everything that I do. Um, if you know, I had to be part of your project, uh, it's as if it becomes my project at the end. That's pretty much what happened with Grand Atelier. Uh, you know, it was it, we started it together. I just came in to help, and therefore, after I decided to continue it, uh, you know, on my own. So, um, I think it's the how you can basically not keep up with the, the, the Jonas's, like you said, or Kardashian. how the Kardashian, <laughs> sorry, and how can you distance yourself is is a is, is a constant <laughs> is a constant reminder of the state of mind and yeah. where I was that I never want to experience this yeah. ever again. And anyway, my body cannot take it anymore. I mean, as soon as I try to push a little hard, it pulls me back mm -hmm. uh, right after. So, Nally, to pick up on that, because mm -hmm. I know for you, after your Nally show, momentum mm -hmm. was going. Like, you had major opportunity in front of you, but you knew that your health had to take priority. So how, yeah. did, you, how did you make that jump mm -hmm. to those opportunities, either I'm going to lose them forever, or it's not the right time? Like, how did you have really the courage to say, it's okay that I don't do that? This becomes more important because I think I don't know about you but I think for me that's that happens to me as well yeah. where I'm like what if I don't do this right now yeah. something is not gonna you know I'm gonna it's miss different. every opportunity yeah. so how how did you do that for me it was a life or death situation it was a question of life or death literally um what happened is I did the Nally show was my YouTube show and then I decided to take it live it was at the St. James Theater 500 people there Jen was there she hosted uh, for What's Up Montreal took a bunch of testimonials one of my favorite videos actually of that night but uh, yeah we brought in um, a bunch of speakers I got the Olympic gold medalist Carmelita Jeter fastest woman in the world she was our keynote night of my dream something I've always wanted to do and then um, right after that I got a couple of calls from I don't like name dropping but big people in I went to LA and like there was opportunity but then I got my first result uh, back from a recent uh, well the CT scan from last year saying that there was a bit of progression that the cancer got bigger and was growing and that freaked me out and I realized I was recovering from chemotherapy and like I felt like I was always trying to prove myself cancer you can't take over my life so I'm gonna work 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 and thrive 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 but without really giving myself time to heal and um, I had all these opportunities and it was a question of do I just want to live fast die young <laughs> that's another hashtag you can use. <laughs> live fast die young or um, live my purpose and I think my ultimate goal if you think long term right we always think so short term and we always think about like especially now it's so easy and with everything's instant we can publish something tomorrow if we wanted to um, and with the hopes that it reaches that the world and it can mm -hmm. and I feel like that's why we get a lot of pressure but if you think of your big picture of your big goal ultimately I believe despite the diagnosis that I'm gonna be here for a very very long time and if I want to help people which is my core message I better be here to do so more so than just you know the, the, the opportunity that was given to me on a platter I was thinking about the bigger picture and I think once you start understanding your bigger picture and your why everything becomes clear 
like you know deciding what to say yes to deciding what to say no to we have such a hard time saying no all of that becomes so clear when you know exactly um what your goal is and what it is you wish to achieve and i knew that if i wanted to achieve my ultimate goal which is to be the next Oprah or Ellen DeGeneres <laughs> and to help people for the rest of my life. I know I have to be here to do so and sometimes it takes sacrifices. So um, I did take some time off. I had to say no to a couple of opportunities that I wish I would have said yes to if I were completely healthy. And uh, yeah, that's, that's it. So Patrick, let me get to you. One of the things you said um, when you were talking about yourself is the sense of responsibility that you began to carry based on comments and things that people were saying where you're like, okay, I'm, I don't understand what's happening. I'm confused. I have all this notoriety now. People are now telling me basically I'm responsible for things, yet I'm going to school. Now I'm working. How did you manage to not to make yourself and your life goals of finishing school and working or what you wanted to do a priority over the feeling responsible for other people, like putting yourself as the priority. How did you do that? I guess I just had to take time for myself and 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 realize it's not really on me to be this 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 person. So I don't know, just realizing that and, and, and taking that time and figuring out what I want to do and what I want to put out there and trying not to put so much pressure on myself and just go in it with like a light heart. It's kind of how I tried to spin it and do it. And is that working for you or do you have regrets in looking back that you didn't? Because I know you were telling me when we spoke on the phone that at some times, you know, you lost your momentum mm. because you actually had to work, yeah. right? which is another thing that I think we all struggle with is we can post to the end of time, but okay, most of us aren't making money on that. So yeah. eventually you actually have to do your job right? <laughs> and, and make some money. So do you, when you look, do you look back on that and feel like, oh, if I only would have or I should have, or are you comfortable? I think about it a lot. I feel like if I, I mean, one of the biggest things with social media is like frequency. It doesn't matter what you post. It's like, how much are you posting? If you're not posting once a day, like, you might as well say goodbye, basically. Uh, Well, for certain platforms, of course. Mm -hmm. But, um, so, yeah, that was, like, one of the biggest things that I, you know, didn't do is uh, instead of posting every single day like I was, I just cold, like, cut it off completely. But... I feel like if I didn't take the steps that I did take in my personal life and my professional life, like going to school, getting a degree, I moved to LA for a year, I worked an internship and that's where I got my full-time job and I was able to move to Toronto with that same job and now I've been working full-time for three years while balancing that. So it's like if I weren't to do all those steps and take that time for myself, then I wouldn't have this beautiful career that I'm so lucky to have that is also in like the same industry that I'm already doing. I work on YouTube every single day. You know, if I, I may not be, Sorry. so I, <laughs> I work for a company called Studio 71. Okay. It's a management, management agency, yeah. um, they call it MCNs. Okay. No. So they have a huge roster of people and I work as um, a coordinator for the channel services department. Yeah. So we'll get in a new client and I'll basically take a look at their channel, see what they're doing, what's working, what's not working, and I'll implement, you know, cards, tags, all that kind of stuff across mm-hmm. their whole channel. 
So if, you know, I didn't, you know, follow my dreams and my passions and everything that I wanted, I wouldn't have, you know, something that I really enjoy doing, so. Mm. Before I go on, does anyone want to add anything before I go on and ask them? Uh, I don't know what a boyfriend tag is. <laughs> it's very basic. You just sit in front of the camera and answer like twenty questions about your relationship. There's okay. nothing interesting about it. I don't know. <laughs> um, so let's talk about warning signs. Okay, my warning sign that I'm starting to lose it is when my right eye starts to twitch. Okay, mm-hmm. and now I know my body's saying hello, hello, hello. You're pushing it. You're pushing it. That is my first warning sign. Soon after, I can give you all sorts of stuff that happens. Now I know when the eye starts, I immediately stop and say, okay, what is going on? What am I missing? For me, it's very, like, spiritual. What am I not seeing that's happening in my life? And my eye is saying, look, look, look. Okay, so that's how I interpret it. Um, but I think we all probably have warning signs, and it's about actually respecting them and sitting down. I want to hear from each of you your warning signs that you know it's it's tipping and uh, I need to stop Mm. my warning sign uh, like I said before is that I will always have a drop in energy just being tired it only starts like that so I said I say to myself I'm gonna sleep a little and also it's in regards of uh, it looks like I don't breathe when I talk Uh, I don't breathe and you have to understand that breathing is such an important tool um, that you can actually slow down so many like hurdles or anything just by taking those five uh, you know those five breaths it's actually the cleansing breath and then counting backwards also that I'm learning that I'm learning um, it's it's one thing to, to to be mindful and notice that we actually do not breathe so what I would say to everybody is that next time that you find yourself in a very stressful situation or something that basically goes against your value Try to see if you can be mindful and do the experience to see if you're breathing. And most of the time, you're not mm-hmm. breathing. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Thank so, you for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nally, um, mm-hmm. for you, I, I realize you got a call. And that yeah, was, that yeah. was an external warning sign, but I just mean yeah. internally when you for know sure. that you're pushing too much, what is happening? Well, for like you? for you, like with the eye and everything, me, I actually get um, numbness in my hands. Okay. That's like one physical warning, but actually, I think something that we can all relate to is when you realize you're doing something that you're so passionate and you love, and then suddenly you find yourself anxious and hating it. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. that's like yeah. a huge sign when you're like, I, I love editing videos, I love like interviewing people, I love being in front of the camera, and then I knew that. Like the tipping point was when I was in front of my computer and I was like, oh, like I was getting frustrated on like Premiere. But I usually like I found that I used to find that relaxing, like being on Premiere and getting creative and like editing, cutting. And then I found myself like being annoyed and trying to hit deadlines and oh my gosh, I gotta get a video done now. And then I'm like, whoa, wait a minute, this used to be my thing. I used to dream about this moment where I would like, you know, dedicate my life to like making videos and putting them online. And once you start thinking about oh. Like, what I love is turning into something that's annoying me and hating me. Take a step back, because there's something wrong there. So, when I see a switch in my mood, is like, a huge thing. If I get irritable, I'm like, okay. I'm a Gemini. You do not want to be around me. (laughs) (laughs) So, taking that time, and I was mentioned before, but taking the time for myself, and, you know, whether it's a day or two, just to be alone, and 
recollect myself is like something that I really need to do. So it's the giving that permission, you know, to yeah. recollect yourself. It's big. It's huge. Yeah. Especially it's if you're huge. on the go 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 all the time and typing. and telling yourself it's okay to take that time yeah. as well because yeah. you yeah. put a lot of pressure on yourself. Like you need to be on. You need to be present. You yeah. need to go. You have to work. And when yeah, you do that, you're giving permission to everyone else to do so as well. Mm. And I think that was the biggest feedback that I got was from my followers who wrote to me saying, you know, Nali, we love the show. We loved your vlogs. We loved your events. But really what's the most inspiring is seeing you take care of yourself because now it gives me permission for myself mm. to not have that yeah. pressure to keep creating and then as a creator and take some time for myself too and that's like still continuing to inspire which and help others which is the ultimate goal and i feel like people and the audience really knows when you need to take that time they yeah. can see it they can see a change in your mood or whatnot and it's and back to being real it. and raw yeah, right? yeah. and they respect that exactly. taking the time off and you know, putting mm-hmm. your best face forward. Because so. mm-hmm. I just feel that personally, with all the technology that we have uh, right now, is that um, you know we're like we're kind of like outpacing ourselves, like with all the social media. And unfortunately, it's not made for the evolution of our bodies. Mm-hmm. We can't take Such it anymore. It, we can't take it anymore. So that's why, like, I I always try to be mindful. I remember those days when I was young. Sundays were the most boring days of the week because everything was closed. And it was kind of like that day where everybody was with their families and, you know, being grounded, but we don't have that anymore. And we're like pushed to, you know, we have the technology that's automated in order to help us to take a step back, but it looks like we're outdoing it. Mm -hmm. And now we're getting sick and now there's lots of suicides. There's lots of things that are really painful that we hear around the world. And Mm -hmm. um, I think that that's one of the reasons why I I just want everybody to grind response. I had flow to your grind by any means and you're not going to miss out of anything just to take some time for yourself it's so important and crucial to take time for your family your friends and even yourself and I found that mindfulness is pretty much what uh, I mean I know you're a social worker and the, you know the the, the, uh, the they call it the CBT mm-hmm. uh, that it's so important that we learn about That's the cognitive, cognitive yeah cognitive error thinkings and I know that my three error thinking errors are catastrophizing that means I see two trees and not the whole forest and there's also fortune telling that means that you foresee what other people think of you like reading and like mind reading which is not and um, there's a third one that I'm just having a brain fart now but um, you know it's it's just when you are mindful and you know exactly what are your cognitive cognitive thinking errors it makes such a change because you're able to identify name it and then see what is it that you can do and change in order to, to to feel better so yeah there's two things that you said Marjorie and yeah well one that you said and one that all three of you said that I okay. want to point out so the first thing you talked about is automating things and a lot of people don't understand that there's automation going on so then all of a sudden they think that that's what people are really doing and I think that's part of the problem is that then they're like, how come she's posting every single day and how is she managing, not realizing that she spent one week putting together content for three months mm-hmm. yeah. and this is why it's happening. So then we start getting anxious like, oh my God, why aren't we doing the same thing? So I think that's part of the problem. But all three of you mm-hmm. use the word permission. Mm-hmm. And I want to ask you guys out here. To me, that is such an interesting word that we use now when we take care of ourselves. Permission. Like, when did it get, ever get to a place where we have to permit ourselves to love ourselves? Why is it just not standard? Mm-hmm. Like, I just find that a, a very interesting word. So, I'm mm-hmm. curious about all of you, like, 
how are all of you, are, do you feel like you have to allow yourself to take care of yourself, or you just are doing it? Like, it's just part of your practice. Can anyone comment on that? Well, I have some, I can get up like the rest of the evening, I'll tell you all of that. <laughs> um, I was definitely living in super fight or flight for a long time. So I had done a journalism degree and was told after three weeks that I didn't have enough confidence to be a journalist, so I shut the door on that. And I was in an expectation hangover for a long time with that. So I had a deep pain, and then all my actions were responding to that pain. Mm -hmm. And then when I started to realize, I was like, oh my god, this is not working for me. Like, I, what's going on? And I realized that I, was, I just kept responding to that. So I had to give myself permission to get out of that funk. And I, I didn't, like, I did a lot of stuff to get out of it, like some tea and um, some, like, just really, I was going to say before too, but I did a lot of, like, physical I do fitness and lifestyle coaching, and I had to become my best client because it was ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And that deep permission, it didn't, it was never coming from anybody else. It didn't matter what the person said, you don't have enough confidence. It was that, that was my narrative running in the back of my head all the time anyways. And so when I realized that my voice was the one that was keeping me down, I was like, damn, girlfriend, like, you either have to, like, change the voice or go back to a 9 to 5 in some safety zone and have somebody tell you what to do because the CEO is not working. So um, I totally pledge you guys, too, like, being vulnerable is scary, mm -hmm. as, right? It's pretty mm -hmm. nice. But then it becomes so liberating because mm -hmm. you're like, that same voice that's keeping me down can also get me out. Mm -hmm. And then, side note, interesting, there's a company, I heard this interview, this company creates an app, right, that's going to create that dopamine, dopamine effect for us, so you're waiting for that hit, that hit, yeah. but they also have another app that helps to support your dopamine dominance so that you're not addicted to dopamine. It's like, that's where we're at now, yeah. right? Wow. It's so nice that you constantly just taking that little step back and going, oh my goodness, that's right, someone did create content for two months, this is not... Exactly. Like it's not just the way that, you know. And even if they were doing it every day, who cares? <laughs> right. If that's not what your reality is, that's not your reality. Mm -hmm. But I like how you said it came from deep within because I think that's the that's the problem for me with that word. Is that because permission usually is about my kids ask me permission to do things. Mm -hmm. So it's usually like, am I allowed? And for me I just hate that we're at that place in our lives or we're like having to give ourselves like the okay to, to like love ourselves and take care of ourselves. I just, I don't know, I hate, I hate that we're at that place. Um, do you guys want to comment on that, any of you? I have a comment, yeah, but um, it's just in regards of, I think it's managing people's expectations. Um, it's actually a dangerous zone uh, for me. I can actually uh, attest a situation that happened. I was, uh, you know, working and from a big CEO had uh, actually asked me, if I, I could accept their friend requests on Facebook, it was really weird. And um, I felt very uncomfortable uh, with that because he wanted to share business uh, information. And obviously this is kind of a place where I opt out quite often and it's not something that you ask someone to force them to be on their Facebook to share things and then question them, have you seen that? And I think it all comes down the line that I actually said, I'm sorry, but I, I'm, I'm really bad with Facebook, and to tell you frankly, I don't use it for, I don't use this medium, and I think that, and I, and I actually refused, and I think that the, 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 the power that lays uh, behind, uh, you know, managing people's expectation is actually saying no, 
and to basically put those boundaries. And sometimes it happens that, you know, I'm the type of person that's very direct. I don't butter my words when I'm angry or if I don't agree with something, um, especially in a situation where someone puts me in a, in a corner and wants to basically take advantage of me. So I will actually nicely say, listen, it's going to come out. It's not going to be nice, but I just wanted to, you know, share this with you and I respect you. But no. <laughs> and I think that as soon as you own that no, that's actually giving yourself permission to have that boundary yeah. and that respect. And it's so empowering. It's mm -hmm. really empowering. Well, and boundaries are super important for self-care, right? Mm -hmm. okay, thank you. Boundaries are... the conversation. Yeah, no, please so do. The notion of asking yourself permission, I would turn it around a little bit and focus more on the answer. Because mm -hmm. I have done the best most important soul searching by asking myself questions. Mm. Do I really want this? Does this still make me happy? Is a change needed? Am I allowed? What, you know, is that permission there? And I think it's, it's the danger is not in asking the question, but in having the courage or the ability to listen inward, to answer it, what feels properly to you. And mm -hmm. I get, you know, to be at a place where we have to ask ourselves permission, I don't like that place either. But if that sparks further thinking, further soul exactly. searching, mm -hmm. further opening of doors, peeling back the onion, to be like, there's some stuff there that I need to work on. Mm -hmm. If I don't feel worthy, then that it's a good question to ask. And if I do, all the better. Mm -hmm. So I think it's more in the answer that we, we need to have some it's the process that's mm -hmm. important right. because mm -hmm. it then sparks that, that self-reflective yeah. conversation i think i used permission like as a synonym to just like revelation or like a wake-up call mm -hmm. really yeah. and i just feel like permission kind of just summarizes it based on just because of like society and their expectations right. within our, our own and when i say permission it's not necessarily like can i do this it's mm -hmm. more like I need to do this. It's a wake-up call. And then it's, yeah, and then it becomes, like, it, you influence others to have that wake-up right. call. And they, like, they thank me for giving them permission to be able to live their life a certain way. So I feel like it's more that, in that sense of that word. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I get it. Yeah. I didn't mean to put down no, 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 the word. No, no, no. It's just, it's interesting to me that our vocabulary. Yeah, how, how we have to evolved sing. and how we've used mm -hmm. it now. It's yeah. true. Um, I just have something to add on, like, the whole topic of, like, burnout and I think we also have to like examine the way that we take care of ourselves and the way we, we relax. Because we spend so much time on our screens That's that true. even if you're not using this for work, mm -hmm. it's still you might get reminders and notifications. So it's finding we also to like unplug whether it's reading a book or meditating or literally just like mm. not looking at the screen. Disconnecting. Because yeah. if you're saying I'm just gonna like go online and relax, you're not really relaxing. Mm -hmm. You're not really taking that time for yourself. So it's really just like also just unplugging completely ourselves. Mm -hmm. And just like something to add to that, really freaking scary, guys. Um, the past few weeks, I've been speaking to my parents about this, and I didn't connect the dots. I've been wearing like sunglasses, like inside, if like windows don't have blinds, I'm extremely now, extremely sensitive. Like now I have like a line here, because I'm constantly squinting. I'm so sensitive to light. And I wasn't understanding what was going on here, and I was just like, I don't know, something's wrong. Like, something's wrong. I'm always squinting, and it's not like I have a problem with my eyesight. I ate a shitload of carrots when I was younger to the point that I was <laughs> turned orange growing up. But something was, something's really wrong here, and my mom brought it up. She said, 
I think it's because you're always on your freaking phone. Yeah, and even though I dim the screen late at night, I am always on my phone all day long. And now I think that that may have something to do with it. So it's just something, it's, it's crazy how our phones, how we're allowing, plus I'm, I'm editing and always photo and video. I'm always in front of a screen, whether it's mm -hmm. my phone or my camera. It is so scary. We forget how to detach ourselves. Like, I mean, I know that's my passion. I know that's my flow. But it can <laughs> also get very dangerous. Yeah. Mm, and we yeah, have absolutely. to know when to plug off and be here. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So thank you for that. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. It's a good yeah, question. Yeah. Actually, I was doing... Okay, so uh, the reason I know this is because I was, I was with my dad and a few people, and we were touring around uh, Mont Saint Hilaire. There was this uh, firefly exhibit thing, but it was like at night, so like fireflies would come out. And uh, I think I actually talked about uh, somehow he knew about the science of that, and he calls it. He said scientists or neuro neuroscientists or whatever call it a blue light. It's like a specific light from any kind of screen, and so um, that actually disrupts your melatonin receptor mm -hmm. thing wow. in your brain. So it's yeah. kind of like even if you don't use your screen that much or you don't look at it that much, like. Say right before bed is probably the worst thing you can do. Yeah. 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 Dark, your face is right on the monitor, especially for a computer because it's like really bright. You know, so um, that actually messes with your melatonin and then it brings up like a higher cancer risk actually because uh, you know like people like the night, night shift workers, like nurses and stuff, like are like double more likely to get cancer apparently because of, because your body, even though your circadian rhythm is like, oh it adapts and like, oh let's do the night shift for like 20 years and see what happens. <laughs> like your body knows 1 a.m. now you should be sleeping. Yeah. yeah. So mm -hmm. it's, that's just to add to that about the blue light. And I'm not saying everyone's gonna die. Oh, everyone's gonna die. Oh, they are gonna die. We're all. We're all gonna die. die. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah. Yes. Good to know. Thank you for that. I really appreciate you know. it. So um, interesting. We're running. We're winding down on time. So I just want each of you maybe to give a, a last advice. Maybe if you can sum it up into two tips that you would give people about one tip of or one statement as to why taking care of yourself is important and one way in which you find you do it and it works well? Um, I think just for sanity purposes, like um, in order to be sane, you just have to really take your time um, for yourself. Um, I guess noticing like the warning signs, whether that's twitching, yeah. whether that's your change of mood and, and dealing with it. Um, one thing I love doing is I, I live in the city, I'm constantly go, 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 whether I'm just stepping outside of my apartment, it's like there's people everywhere. So going to the river, going to the lake, mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. going up to the cottage, it's like an instant reset for me. Awesome. It's like, wow. Just having that nature mm -hmm. and having that silence is exactly what I need. And go for a little paddle or whatever it is, just connecting back to the earth and back to <coughs> nice. everything is... What helps me? Thanks, Patrick. Nally? Mm -hmm. Gosh, health. Health is wealth. There's nothing more important than your health. And, like, what's the point of everything? We're all creators here. What's the point, you know, of everything we do? What's the point if we're not here mm -hmm. to, to take advantage of it or to live your purpose? And I think the best advice is really just focus on what it is that you're trying to achieve and eliminate the noise around it. So everything else that's trying to come at you and all the other random opportunities or, I don't know, distractions, mm -hmm. put those aside and really focus on your big goal. And, yeah, self-care, go inwards. 
stop trying to look for something outside you know the answers outside go inwards try to figure out what you need personally and take some time for you what's your reset patrick talked about his reset what's your reset me personally my reset is exercise i have to exercise daily to have go go within and um also um meditation sound healing it's like amazing yeah. latest discovery really sound is. healing guys sarah surrenders <laughs> little, <laughs> little promo there amazing. yeah okay. yeah and marjorie um i guess that to me in order to disconnect i'm i love nature so uh, going by the water at you know point in point claire uh, by myself uh, hearing water for some reason mm-hmm. water is something really important to me it, really resonates with my spirit that's something to find try to find some place or that where you can disconnect mm-hmm. and um, a tip that I can basically give in is to add into your practice uh, mindfulness that means to not have judgment if let's say you're twitching or if you see that your hands are basically going crazy or you know if you see that you're not breathing anymore I mean we live in a society like I said before what like we're technology has outpaced our evolution and it's completely normal and it looks like we're not yet equipped for what's happening with our bodies so I would say um, don't have judgments when things like that happen understand that anxiety is like a train it comes and it passes and then it goes away at one point and uh, you know it happens at certain times so breed find a place uh, you know where you can actually you know enjoy quiet moments of quiet add it to your practice and also be kind to yourself Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, if it happens, it's okay. If people yeah. see the anxiety yeah. in your face, it's okay. Yeah. I mean, I think I, w- I would awesome. end on, on doing the same thing. I'll get to you in a second, Jennifer. I would end on doing the same thing as, I mean, a lot of what you're saying is, I mean, my reset's the flying trapeze, by the way, which sounds not relaxing. It's actually not. <laughs> it's after that you feel super relaxed. <laughs> but for me, that is, if I don't, if I don't do that twice a week, I'm going to lose my mind. Mm-hmm. So for me, I know that I have to have it. It's a reset for me. But perspective, I would say is that I always try and keep things in perspective and when my kids are smiling at me and my kids feel good about their lives and when they look at me with that love and then I'm like who cares about post mm-hmm. look my son he's so happy today mm-hmm. you know so just like remembering those bigger moments I think it's it's very helpful for me anyway uh, and I do meditation too by the way mm-hmm. <laughs> Jennifer you want to say something I just wanted to say thank you from the bottom of my heart to all of you guys because so I mean I went to C2 I went to a shitload of panel discussions and what I got out of the past half an hour was so much more meaningful and powerful and I'll be able to take the tools and things that you guys spoke about even in the audience and you guys on stage just, I mean, you know, you could pay thousands of dollars and go to a C2 event, but right here with What's Up Montreal and Rec, I mean, this is pretty incredible what you guys were, be able, were, what you guys were able to create and share, um, you know, and just as I'm looking right there, I'm just saying flow on the water bottle and that's what I felt this whole entire panel discussion was. <laughs> Thank you, Stephanie, and thank you guys for sharing your stories because this is really beautiful what you guys what you guys made. This podcast was recorded in collaborations with Creator HQ. To gain more value, check out their website, creatorhq.org. Creator HQ is a community of content creators located in Montreal and beyond. Join the community. It's free and rewarding.